0: Welcome to the Defend the North podcast. I'm your co-host, Dana Eisfeld. I'm joined today by Cousin Isaac. Isaac, a lot of things happening, man. <laughs> uh, we were last on in July, so um, you're officially off the market.
1: Yeah, yeah, I am. So, yeah, so uh got engaged while we were out on this break, so that's pretty great. That's pretty exciting. Um, and yeah, so a lot of planning towards that and everything that that entails and uh, not necessarily not necessarily a celebratory trip, but uh, made it out of the country too, and uh, checked out a little bit of the mountain scene in Banff, Canada, which is amazing, absolutely amazing. So I don't know if you've been there, but um, gotta go.
0: Yeah, I, I I haven't. I hadn't even. Uh, heard of it before um, which tells you all you need to know That's surprising but it, 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 to me <laughs> yeah yeah generally you know i'm pretty good with geography and I, for whatever reason it just that that one slipped my radar so I, I did look at some pictures though it looks like a pretty beautiful location and oh yeah congratulations man yeah uh, thank you it's a big life moment to get engaged and and we're really happy for you and um
1: yeah. So now, now it's now it's whether the does the pod continue into married life? I don't know. <laughs> well, that's going to be. I, it's
0: only existed in married life for me. So, right. As you, that's know, how you it, know, it has.
1: It, it can
0: sometimes make scheduling hard, um, just with things that come up with a family and and finding time with work and. Um, but yeah, we're going to keep trying to crank these out and yep. uh, maybe you know as you're going through the um, choosing a. <clears throat> What kind of cake you want and your food vendor we might have to get some updates like here on the pod kind of <laughs> yeah see how those were the two, the two big moments in terms of wedding planning on my end that i remember um yeah a lot of, a lot of other stuff too we had to do but those are definitely days worth uh, taking taking a half day off of work or a whole afternoon on a weekend and, and enjoying the process <laughs> and then going for a long walk afterwards
1: yeah yeah for sure yep it'll be fun i'll, I'll keep you guys updated how's that sound well we'll keep that going so speaking of uh, these uh, big
0: successes, our our um, soccer team in town, you know, the Minnesota United Isaac back in, I want to say late May we were at a game and there was just kind of this general feeling of like, this team just doesn't have it this year. You know, the defense was playing. Okay. Maybe not quite as stout as, you know, um, some teams in the last few years under Adrian Heath, but the offense just couldn't seem, you know, to, to find the back of the net and, and, you know, we were sitting in, what, 11th or 12th place in the Western Conference and kind of on the outside looking in, and people were talking about heads rolling. <laughs> Lo and behold, you know, nine nine matches later, um, we have a 7-1-1 and streak, and we're up to, as of Saturday, after that 2-1 win against um, Austin, right? Yep. You were there?
1: I was there. I was in attendance. Yeah.
0: yeah. Did you get any high fives from Fraga Pene?
1: Uh, no, I was not close enough. Uh, okay, but that would have been great. I kind of wish we were on the first row for that one, but no, we try to stay upward, up up on the stands a little bit more so we can see the action. But so yeah, tell me a little bit about this. Like, what what has led
0: the 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 loons from being twelfth in the Western Conference, in your opinion, now to fourth and you know looking like a real contender to to if, if they keep this hot streak up to compete for the conference title.
1: Yeah, I, I think, I think it all starts with, uh, kind of the aggressiveness of Emmanuel Reynoso. Um, I feel like when he started the year, he, he kind of his, his vision, what everybody kept looking to do was like pass the ball and set people up to score, uh, which obviously wasn't translating to a lot of good things because we weren't able to put the ball in the back of the net. But I think like ever since it's been probably a month or two now, but he's been just more aggressive. He's been looking for his own shot and just putting more shots on net. Um, <clears throat> which has led to great things. Uh, I don't have the stat on me right now. I wish I did. I know a, a few weeks ago he was like fifth in the MVP voting, um, and he had like 12 goals and like six assists or something like that. And I want to say like 80% of that production came in probably his last like, I don't know, eight games or something like that. So just like he's just on a run. He's on a crazy run. Um, and that, that's what we need. I mean, a team to be successful needs like, a good number 10 right or like the guy that's gonna catapult your offense and really be like the quarterback on the field um and I feel like he's really turning into that um at least something like on on an MLS level number 10 I've talked to my buddy yeah. Carlos about number 10s and he doesn't think Emmanuel Reynoso is one and I'm like okay yeah if you're comparing him to Messi no he's not a number 10 but if you're looking at MLS standards he's a pretty darn good number 10 for standards,
0: Well, if he's fifth in the league in MVP consideration, kind of mid-season, and then, you know, he makes the, 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 the all-star team, of course, yep. along with St. Clair, and, you know, he, this is kind of the, you would see glimpses of what he could do in terms of production, but even if you go back to his best stretch prior to, to um, these 10 games or so this year, was back in the 2020 playoffs when he really, but it was connecting with Molino, right, it was right. still kind of setting things up, and I, I think your term that you use at the top, um, aggressiveness and he's got the leg to do it and he's got the creative mindset to do it as well. And it's just, I don't know, you feel an energy. Like, like I, I didn't get to watch the game on Saturday night, but I spent 10 minutes watching the highlights and you could just sense like when the, um you know, they'd, they'd be one clip to the next and it would be awesome to have the ball and trying to do something. And then, the loons had the ball and it was just kind of like an avalanche every time they were coming down on offense. And, you know, um the combinations of Lode and um Amaria and Fraga Pene and uh Reynoso, I think up front, it, it it's really come together. And I think as you said, um led to this streak which has vaulted us eight positions in in the in the Western Conference standing. And so how much of this like the, the blossoming of the offense, right? Because part of, I think, the offense being better is that the defense has actually been a little bit more leaky. Because if you look at this nine-game stretch of games, we have a plus-ten goal advantage, which is great, but we're almost giving up two goals a game, which is very high for historic you know, Minnesota United standards. Right. So we're giving up more goals, but we're scoring more goals. So do you think there's anything about Heath getting that contract extension at the very moment when the media was calling for his head, and he settles in, and the team, you know, the, maybe it's just the players and the comfort level and how long, you know, they're find they're kind of finding a rhythm, but he it seems like he's allowing for more of that too, more kind of an open offense, which is in part I think allowing a little bit of the defense not having to sit back and into uh, um, you know be in a in a bunker for ninety minutes.
1: Right. Yeah. It just, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely seems like they're, like, pushing up the field more and they're on, like, they're on the attack more. Like, they seem a bit more dangerous, even just the game against Austin on Saturday. Like, um, they only scored two goals. One was on a PK. So, I mean, whether you want to count that or not, um, they just seemed more dangerous. Like, no, they didn't put the ball in the back of the net as, as often as they should have. But, like, against a team that's, what, second in our, our conference, like, They looked like the better team, which, I mean, you should at home. Like, you should look like the better team at home. But the fact that they were actually, like, doing it is great. Now, whether it's correlated with his contract, I mean, maybe. Um, I just feel like it's a matter of, like, chemistry and settling in sort of thing. Like, I always... I mean, I'm a fan of who they... Like, what they have up up top. Like, um, Amaria, I feel like, just needs to settle in a little bit more, which I feel like he has. And maybe that's part of coaching. Maybe coaching's finally, like, gotten on him a little bit more. But I feel like he's done... Less of the stupid, like the stupid shit that he was doing earlier in the year, and maybe and like a big part of that's maybe just chemistry. Like, hey, I know where my players are now. Like, I know where to get them the ball at the right time, and I can't just be doing these like you know weird behind the back passes. Now he still has mental lapses often, but again, it's the MLS, um, so that's gonna happen. Um, but I just yeah, I really think it's like a settling in thing. They've just looked more together. Fragapane's looked great. Uh, the guy on the outside, which I'm gonna butcher his name, but Long Wing or whatever, um, whatever that guy's name is, really fast, kind of kind of raw, um, but he's been kind of a problem. And kind of a new thing that came up in Austin, which I hadn't noticed prior, is they're moving Robin uh, Robin Lude inside. You know, he used to, be, he used to always be a winger, but they've actually right. moved him to play more of like a kind of center mid role, and maybe that's out of necessity because of injuries. But it looked really good. I thought so too. I I
0: I've I've noticed that change and just the chemistry that he has with you saw some of it with Reynoso and him from the center to the wing, but you just kind of the the, the you know the back and forth touch passes mm-hmm. and like you know the two or three pass sequences with him, one of you know, both of those guys and then sometimes Ragapene, sometimes Amarilla on the attack yeah. has been it's been a really nice wrinkle in this offense. And I think he has been pushed more into the center midfield out of necessity, but um, you know sometimes when your your hand is forced as a coach or as a manager, you have to do things that you wouldn't otherwise try. And you know, Coca Cola was discovered by accident. So, <laughs> you saying Robbins is as good as Coca Cola? Well, I'm more of a Diet Coke guy myself, but um, <laughs> I, I, I I saw that same thing, and I just think that the cohesion. Um, but he's letting him do it too. So, yeah. is it a chicken or egg thing? Is it does he see? the chemistry is there and that they're really attacking well. And so he's allowed things to open up or was it a decision at some point in the year? Like we got to throw our cards in because we're um, on, you know, we're on the outside looking in, in terms of the playoffs, but it's been nice because I haven't seen this and what is it? He's fifth year or fourth year, fifth year, isn't it? Or yeah, he's, he's been here a while. Say he's
1: been here pretty much since the start. So I don't, yeah, I don't know the
0: exact this is the years. 26 goals in nine games, not counting the four against Everton and the friendly, um, you know, it's a three-game goal, or uh, three goals a game average. I haven't seen this type of offensive output from a Heat-led team in his tenure here.
1: Yeah. I mean, no one has, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just like in, in addition to the, the Robin thing, like one thing I like about him moving uh, in the middle and putting someone else at winger is you actually have speed on the outside now, which I think is just like a huge aspect to have because they have to, you know, they have to run back and back and forth down the field and really stretch the field that way. Whereas if Robin sits more in the middle, like he doesn't have to ever try to beat someone yeah. on foot, which he never will, but um, he can kind of play more of just that central, like kind of dish it off role. And he's still got like a, he's still in a prime spot though, where if Ronaldo sets him up, like he can still find his shot, and even in the middle of the field, um, which is great, because again, he's not going to be a guy that's that's creating his own shot, but if he's set up for one, he's like he can connect.
0: And it, it, I think part of that connection, Isaac, is they're both intelligent players. Yeah, you know they make they make good soccer plays, and giving him less ground to cover is a really good point. And and speaking to that midfield, I've been a little surprised too, um, the way that, that we've had to piece it together this year. So,
1: yeah, I mean probably it, it's just like having good depth. I'd say there. Um, I mean between having Will Trap, uh, Dotson, Once Upon a Time, um, Hayes. And then we brought in that uh, Ariaga, who I think has been a bit of a surprise in terms of what he was actually going to bring to the table. Um, Now, again, another pretty raw player, but when you got someone who's got spidery limbs like that guy does, he he makes up pretty well for his mistakes often. So um, I just think like you know it's kind of the next man mentality. The only problem is (laughs) I hope we don't have to use that mentality too much more because I don't I'm not sure there's going to be too many next next men coming up here. So um, they're getting they're getting thin. Um, but he, he's done a really good job at keeping the the midfield ready. Um, and I think what's been nice with this run is like the midfield part that's been ever changing, hasn't had to contribute with scoring. So all they've had to focus on is playing good defense and, you know, dropping back and like staying marked on men and that sort of thing. It's like, it's kind of that, like that first outlet position. It's kind of the spot where that's that's needed the the changes. So I think that's kind of helped too. Because if we had some random people say up front, um, that would make it even more of a struggle to pro- probably score. So it's been good that we've had health up front to keep that chemistry or let that chemistry build. I guess.
0: Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, it, number one, I think it speaks to some of the decision-making, you know, I, we've, we've criticized Heath on this podcast before, you know, when you're the general manager and you're the coach, Mm -hmm. is there enough oxygen in the room for you to get both jobs done? And, and I think there's always questions around that, but I think he's done a pretty good job of finding some, some talent and some, some younger guys that have been, you know, good enough when some key, um, elements of the team have gone down, we've held it together this year. And, and, and you're right. The, the offense came alive at just the right time, yeah. where it wasn't kind of that compounding effect of having a thin midfield with a lackluster offense. So, um, what's the what's the what are the updates on the injuries? So Ariaga's back from that ankle injury. Um, yeah. Trap had the hamstring
1: injury, right? Yep. Seems like he's he's available. Just not they're just not playing him as much right now. Like he he subbed in on Saturday.
0: And then we had that guy from uh that on loan from monterey uh Gonzalez, he's played a little, oh yeah hasn't he
1: yep, yep, he's looked pretty solid,
0: and um Rosales,
1: yes, yeah, him too. I really like the guy they they picked up recently, uh I think it's Benitez uh the right back, which you know what that tells you who's who's probably not coming back this year that used to play out there Roman Metnaire. Met isn't that crazy with with uh, with MLS and injuries? It's like someone's out and it's just like he's just gone. Like you just don't hear anything about him anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's always been a part of soccer culture, I think, in general. Like the way that they play. Like they don't, you know, it's about hiding information from your enemies and war. Yeah. Um, but it's a little bit absurd. Yeah. That people can just be gone for an entire year and there's no legitimate explanation.
1: Right. And you just have like an Ico Parra situation where just like one yeah. day they just like buy out his contract and it's like no explanation at all. Just like,
0: <laughs> well, you know, and as, as we're looking at the back line and the back end, how about, you know, uh, as we hosted the, the, um, the all-star uh, game this year at Allianz field in St. Paul on August 14th and 15th, I believe um, we had two guys there, of course, Renoso and then uh, St. Clair and, and Saint Clair brings home the MVP honors with a couple of brilliant saves, but um, I, I think he's been a key element in terms of because I think he's faced a—I I don't know what the stat was—but um, he's in like the top third of opportunities, yeah, opportunities faced
1: or chances after, after faced. After this last game, and, he's he's number four in like shots. What is it? Shots on shots on target against. So, but he's got the highest yeah. save percentage out of any of those four. It's seventy four percent, but that's really good. Um, Like that, that would be fourth in the league. But the again, like the the keepers on like ahead of him, haven't faced as many shots. So like in terms of like the amount of volume he's seeing, like yeah, he's keeping he's keeping us together. I I do know there's there's been a, a couple games at least where there's been some saves where it's like or some goals that the other team has scored where it's like how do you not get that. But I think I don't know. I feel like you got to forgive the guy when you see how much he's actually dealing with, and also he makes some saves that he really shouldn't. <laughs> so
0: yeah, it, it it is interesting the combination of um, how he can be so great, and in some instances he makes like these boneheaded. And he's yeah. he's really done that since he got here. It's yeah, he's, he's doing right. it a lot less often. You know, right. um, some things get by him, and like you said, you sit there in the stands and you just shake your head. But. I forgive him because he makes some of the most brilliant saves I've seen, um, you know, at the MLS level, at least. I mean, yeah. he's, and you, you got to worry a little bit about, you know, as these guys are getting into the All-Star game and, you know, we're a bit of a run, you know. I, it's a very uncomfortable feeling as an American sports fan, Isaac, because in every other major sports league, of course, we have the premier league in the world. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we're never getting picked from. Their people are always coming here. But in MLS, of course... You know, there's probably I don't know how many leagues in the world better than ours, but maybe ten. Yeah. You know, so you always worry about your best guys. You know, they're this is a stepping stone for people. So it it I I don't know how long much longer Reynoso is under contract. Um, but as he's really coming, kind of in his game is, I think, getting to the level that we all thought it could in this offensive production. I'd like to see him playing in Minnesota for a couple more years, but. You get too good in the MLS, you don't stay long.
1: Well, you know what I've always told you about So He's gotta find his right foot before I think he goes anywhere, but Yeah. <laughs> we'll see if he does it. I mean he he has been super good the second half of this year. I don't think it's good enough to send him off anywhere yet, but say he like continues this run and it like he brings that in the next year too and plays the entire year next year like that, then it's like what he's like twenty seven at that point. Like it's very possible he could get snagged. But I don't like. He still has his flaws, right? He's small. Yeah, Um, he gets pushed around a lot. Yeah, he gets pushed around a lot. He doesn't play any defense, which I mean, I guess maybe maybe like central forwards don't really do that, or center mids don't really do that. But I don't know. Yeah. Do Do you think the MLS will ever uh, will ever compete with some of the more top leagues? cuz we're we're a, we're a young league, right? I mean, we've only been around what, 30, 40 years?
0: Yeah, and really, you know, like kind of on the American sports radar, I'd say the last 15 or 20. Yeah, and, you know. Yeah,
1: it, even that.
0: <laughs> I and, you know, I think as generation Z, you know, cuz it really the millennials have brought soccer into the American mainstream. You know, cuz before that, you know, generation or X and and the boomers I mean, still, you can hear it. You turn on K-Fan. You can hear it with anybody over 40, your cousin, except it. Not yeah. anybody, but most people. <laughs> and, you know, they're like, oh, I don't watch that soccer, stupid game. There's no act. You know, and it's like, but I think but the millennials have brought it into the American mainstream. I think Generation Z is really going to, um, I think it's going to take another like 10 to 20 years. But I don't know if we're going to get to the point of, like, competing with, uh, say, um, England or or Spain, but you know, up there with France and Italy and Germany, um, maybe the South American leagues. I mean, I think we're on par with Mexico already. I don't know where we are now, but there's a table of like the, the soccer clubs from around the world ranked kind of power rankings, like one to 500, a couple, I haven't been on there for two years. And I think at the time, maybe the Portland Timbers were coming off a championship. They were the highest ranked. MLS team in the world and it was like 246 (laughs) you know so it was pretty low so there's still a lot of ground to make up but you know the the contracts as the tv money comes in and you know uh we have more cities with stadiums and fan bases that are building and as those all it's going to take is guys getting paid you know comparable amounts of money
1: and, and, I, and I think it's like more big names come over, like Messi is supposed to come over next year. Like, what if what if Ronaldo makes a tour over here? Like, what other big names? Christian Bale's already wait. Yeah, no, Gareth, no. <laughs> is it one an actor? Yeah, well, which one is it? <laughs> Gareth, Gareth,
0: the guy from uh, Wales.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Gareth, right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Forgive me, people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we might have to leave that one in.
1: <laughs> I I always get that one mixed up. Ugh. Yes, Gareth though. Gareth Bale's already over here, which I mean he's like I wouldn't say he's in his decline. He's still pretty at the top of his game. But um so as yeah, as those big names come over too, I think that even just grows this league even more.
0: Well that connection, you know, and this happened with the LA Galaxy early on, um, you know, with Beckham coming over and they were sort of the marquee team, not always in terms of performance, but just his 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 draw as a superstar. Right. And I think I think Messi is he's on the backside of his prime, but he's far from being washed up. Right. So, first of all, he's going to score like 100 goals in 20 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, it's FC Miami, and he's coming. Isn't that the plan?
1: Yeah, inter-Miami or something like that. Or
0: inter-Miami, and then he's going to be part owner as well. But I don't know. I think think it could happen, you know? And... we've got a way in this country of um making lots of money so if, if you can get the contracts that are on but those contracts are you know in western europe are pretty astronomical It's like I, baseball type contracts
1: i know they're they're in insanity like i don't even know how to like some are like they get paid like over 100,000 a week don't they
0: yeah well i mean look at like the nba players you know yeah true
1: that's probably that
0: are making like however 100,000 a minute or maybe it's points scored whatever but
1: yeah, that's, yeah. wow.
0: So here's, you know, as we're um, kind of coming up on our on our half an hour target for our power pod, Isaac, I think that there's still even more upside with this team. And, and on the offensive end, you know, we put a lot of balls in the back of the net and we've been scoring um, at the best pace in Heath's tenure. But there's still a lot of opportunities where we're super close and you're going to have some of those in soccer. They're not all going to go in, but like that game Saturday night watching the highlights, Frogapene had that one that just mm. sailed like a half a foot over the um crossbar and then I think Renoso had that free kick just before the penalty kick. Yeah. Maybe not just before, but and that one like hit, you know, the ones that looked like goals where they hit like yeah. the outside of the net.
1: Yeah. Especially but at the stadium, just, you're like, "Huh?" Oh. <laughs>
0: And you know that's part of MLS too. We've always talked about like the the finishing is really the difference between the MLS being a good soccer league and a great soccer league. But yeah. I think I think this, if this team continues to um, to produce offensively, and then we get a couple of um, you know key guys back and 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 mixed back in, and do you think there's a chance? I mean, the, what I saw on on Saturday night against the second best team in the West, we were the better team um lafc is still out there by about 10 points ahead of everybody um do you think there's a chance that if the loons keep playing the way they they have been that we could we could kind of get back to the conference finals of where we were two years ago
1: yeah i mean i I think it's possible i think it's always it's always possible when when your team is kind of defense focused now like, like you mentioned before like we've maybe slipped a little bit on that but still looking at like the goals against that we have we're still we're still one of the better teams in the league at preventing teams from scoring. So like, as long as we keep that, we have a solid keeper. Um, but we got to start finishing like, like the, the gimme's. I know, I think there was one even against Austin where we had a breakaway. Like we just caught Austin completely off guard. We got control of the ball and it was like two or three on one or something like that. And they had a couple guys trailing and I don't know, like the, the guy that had the ball, like was, wasn't even dribbling towards the goal. Like, he was dribbling towards, like, the corner. And it's like, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> so, like, things like that where you just got to, like, put away perfect opportunities. Yeah. Like, that's got to change. You, you can't, especially in the playoffs, like, you can't let opportunities like that just, like, go to waste.
0: Well, you at least want to put a solid shot on goal and make the keeper make a play, right? Yeah. Like, you're not going to score on every breakaway. But, sure. um, you know, it, and that's th- – maybe that's uh, – The sign of a of an improving good offense, but one that that still I think has some some room to grow. So, what's your prediction? I don't think we're going to catch LAFC. You think we could catch um, Austin and FC Dallas? Well,
1: I think we have a good chance of catching uh, of like yeah, getting over FC Dallas. Obviously, we're only a point behind them right now. Um, I think Austin will keep afloat enough. They're, they're a solid team. I think we, we even saw it Saturday. Like, yeah, we played better than them, but I think them at home is probably pretty hard to beat. Um, so I'd say, I'd say we're, we probably stay right where we're at about the fourth spot. Um, I think we'll, we'll win a good majority of the games remaining, but I think the teams ahead of us will too. So, um, who do we play? We play FC Dallas once, LAFC once. But we, yeah, so we play each of the teams ahead of us one more time. Um, but
0: the other good thing is that, you know, as of like even two or three weeks ago, the difference between the number four team and the number 11 team was like five points. And now mm-hmm. there's there's a little bit of separation because we are seven points ahead of eighth place Vancouver, eight over Seattle and Portland, and nine over Colorado. So just in terms of, yeah. you know, because this team, I think, I don't trust this offense to Always be good. It's been nice to see this ten game stretch, but you lose a couple, and you know if if, if the the standings are tight, you could drop quickly. But I, we got a little bit of a cushion in terms of playoff p- positioning. But I'd really like to see us get home field in that first round. Yeah, you know, have another home playoff game at Allianz and 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 get out there.
1: Yeah, yeah, that'd go a long ways for sure. I don't I don't want to see us on the road. I think uh, I, I'd have too much PTSD of Seattle happening all over again. Um, but that might happen, anyways, if we make it that far. So let's uh, let's take one game at a time.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, there's our uh, Minnesota United uh, midseason update. Isaac, um, freshly engaged. Yes, yes, yes. Big news of the day. Um, <laughs> well, as you always do, would you be willing to uh, take us out?
1: Yes, of course. Um, thank you for listening. Go Minnesota United. Let's let's make a push in the playoffs here. Um, and, uh, everyone stay safe out there.